What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast. My name is Keaton, and I am your host. I am joined today by Pops. Pops, how you doing? Wonderful. You're doing wonderful. That's it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a good thing to be doing. Been a couple months since you've been on. Uh, glad you're back. True story. Last time I checked, the episode that we did, the most, the best ordinary man I've ever met. Number one, listen. True story. People like listening to you. Hmm. The number one out of how many? Uh, let's see. How many have we done? I don't know. 10, 11? Okay. So it's up there. Um, what you been up to in the last couple of months? I mean, last time we had you on, I think it was before Christmas. Yes. <clears throat> I had no idea that being a grandfather was going to be so much fun. It's fun. It is. I assume. It is fun. Uh, we had to, We got to have Noah all day yesterday. Took her to church, showed her off. She was a celebrity, <laughs> as I figured she would be. Uh, she's very disarming with her smile and her and her eyes, uh, the expression that she has. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for over Christmas, we had the the privilege of having every hosting everyone up in Estes Park. That was so fun. It was a blast. On the last podcast, I talked about the. I think I talked about the whole debacle with the Jeep. I'm pretty sure I talked about you, it. You did, and it's yeah. lost all every game. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, but I that was, you know, I was I was hesitant to to spend the money, but it was just so worth it. It was awesome, and to see how everybody got along as family, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and now. I think I can say this. Mm-hmm. Colin is engaged. He's engaged. We're He's getting engaged. the final sister-in-law. Yep. And um, <clears throat> mom's probably so happy. <laughs> she <laughs> raised three boys, yeah. and now she's going to have three daughters. <laughs> you know how he asked her, right? He he didn't tell me much, but it sounded a lot like the way you asked mom. <laughs> Just. <laughs> It was during a commercial <laughs> on the couch <laughs> at her parents' house. <laughs> he didn't mention that. He did, he said they were in the living room. He didn't mention that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so however long the commercial was, he was able to get it in. All right. And uh, <laughs> What were they watching? I didn't ask. I was, uh, I, I mean. <laughs> he got that from you. He's a middle child. You're a middle child. <clears throat> He got that from you. Brevity. <laughs> Not much to do. Yeah. That's a, then that's what wives want is brevity. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. No. Uh, I don't know. Chelsea, <laughs> when I start talking too much, because I, I mean, I like to talk. She'll look at me with these like big zoned out eyes and be like wow you you talk a lot and i can tell when she's like ready for me to like leave because she'll be like okay and she'll like wander off it's fine uh oh what did she so last night um (laughs) this is funny uh we were we were sitting on the couch and working on our like whole schedule and whatnot and um dylan had told me that crystal had told him when they buy a house Dylan can set up a room as his own personal office and do it the exact way that he wants. Gets to decorate how he wants and all that kind of stuff. And so he was like sending me stuff he wants to send. And I was like, well, I better, I better ask Chels. So I asked her, 
It's like, Charles, when we finally are able to buy a house, can I like set up my own office and um, like, you know, decorate it the way I want? And she goes, ah, no, because then you'll just be in there all the time and then you won't be with the family. And my immediate response was, no, I won't. That goes against like one of my core beliefs about being a man. And she thought that was so funny that she laughed for 10 minutes before I even got a chance to respond. She just, <laughs> I was like, why is that so funny? And she goes, I don't know, it goes against one of my core beliefs about life. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, and she's like, what does that even mean? So I, I explained it to her. And she goes, well, okay, after she made fun of me, she's like, well, maybe we could have a, a dual office. I was like, no, hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> Your mom always wanted to have an office with me, uh-huh. and it just never would have worked. No, that's your space. Yes. Like, baby, you can have the rest of the house. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm glad, you know, for 27 years I had my own office downstairs mm-hmm. in the basement where if you guys got too loud or there's too many hormones flying around, mm-hmm. Baby and I could leave. You could. <laughs> Did we talk about that before? No. I think I've funny. I feel like I've told people like you always knew like Dad would grab the dog and just leave. You never knew when he was coming back. <laughs> uh, it was. Just, I remember during tax season your creaky chair because my room was right next to your office. And I, in the middle of the night, just my rocking my yeah, banker chair. Your banker chair. My banker chair. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I told people on the podcast last time the reason I wanted to have you on is because we I did an episode about honoring your father and mother. Um, and one of the disclaimers I gave is I know this is really, really difficult for a lot of people. Yes. Um, and one of the things I said is like one of the things you have to do, you got to be honest. So maybe you have a bad relationship with your parents because you're kind of a jerk. I was like, like me. I had a bad relationship with you guys earlier because I was a jerk. You guys were wonderful. And then there's, but there are a lot of people who either they grow up with dad's not around. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens more often than mom's not around. Right. But that could also happen. Or you come from a divorced family or your parents, they just, they aren't great. Um, that's, that is a reality a lot of people deal with. And yes. so it's like, how am I supposed to honor my father and mother when they've caused so much pain and hurt to either me or brothers and sisters or they were absent like what do you do there and um so the reason i wanted to have you on is because i didn't know your parents that well but the little bit i know wasn't great um like separated when you were 16 Mm -hmm. um and i was too young to really know what grandma was like when she was older and and um so I was hoping to ask you some questions for what you're willing to share about how do you honor your father and mother when they're not great? Um, so before we, I ask you like any questions, would you be willing to give a little bit of an overview, let people know where you're kind of coming from? I think, <clears throat> I think in our culture, well, I think as human beings, mm-hmm. we, define words differently and we inter- mm-hmm. we think they mean the same and they don't. Mm-hmm. So when I think of the word honor mm-hmm. as in our culture mm-hmm. 
I think we conflate that or miss, miss, um, we think of respect. Yeah. Like they're the same. They're the same. And they're not. Right. One is earned. Mm-hmm. One is basically a command. Yeah. If we're going to be talking Christian terms and use the Bible as our, is the basis for life. Honor your father and mother. And our beloved Paul, Apostle Paul said, honor the king. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have a king, but we do have a president and all these other gov- you know, people in government, people, mayors and, and governors and so forth. So we are to honor that position. And I think that's what God is talking about in the Ten Commandments is honor the position of mm-hmm. mother and father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it is very difficult, starting with probably 10 or 11 years old, mm-hmm. As those hormones start to hit, clear mm-hmm. up until your brain fully develops when you're in your early, mid to late 20s, mm-hmm. for you to, to differentiate between those two words. Mm-hmm. And I think parents demand respect mm-hmm. that they have not earned. Yeah. Mm. You know, I can look back when when we were raising you three boys, mm-hmm. and there were times that we were jerks, but we still demanded that you respect us mm-hmm. versus honoring mm-hmm. the position of mother and father. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to be jerks to each other. Yeah. Um, Ain't that the truth? And so... To honor them, though, is to honor what they represent as as maybe not as an authority figure, but as the per- person that brought you into life. Sure. You would sure. not have life without your mom and dad. No. Yeah. And, and when God says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise mm-hmm. that it may go well with you. Mm-hmm. You're not only honoring your parents, but you are also obeying God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that gives it a really because he doesn't say respect your parents. Yeah. He says honor. Yeah. And so I, th- I think if we can just, as hard as it is, mm-hmm. and it is hard. Yeah. I know it's hard to honor your parents mm-hmm. for who they are. Yeah. As parents, because you only get one mom and one dad in right. life. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, I, I have. A stepmom, and I had two stepdads. It was tough to honor them, but I still honored them. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Res- I respect my stepmom. I don't respect my stepdad. I yeah. did not respect my stepdads. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's good. One of the things we did talk about, um, you know, every command has a why, and if you're willing to look, and you can find why, but God doesn't say. You got to like trust and obey yep. before you find out why. I think there's actually a proverb about that. Understanding comes by obedience or something. I think it's. In I the think book. that's right. Um, and that it may go well with you. You learn a lot about honoring your father and mother about life. And specifically with men, men, when you honor your mother, you learn how to treat women. When you honor, honor your father, you actually, you learn how to treat and respect and honor authority. And you can't have civilization or any sort of structure without authority. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, people abuse authority, but you, you have to have it. It's very, very important. Um, 
were there some like key parts of your life that like people might resonate that were like really really difficult to honor your father and mother like i'm when they when they got divorced was probably really really hard well even before that Mm -hmm. um I mean, this gets back to the very beginning of my puberty years. I, I was 10. Mm-hmm. I was a young kid going to school. Mm-hmm. I was always, you know, I, I turned the, the age I was supposed to after school was out for the summer. So. <clears throat> you were the youngest in your class by a mile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was 10. We moved and we, I changed schools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at 10, you're starting to notice girls because you did. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) And and it's fun. It's Mm -hmm. fun. And so I came home one day and um, I told my mom Mm -hmm. that there was this girl at school that I think I liked. Mm -hmm. I think I liked. Uh Uh-huh. Does mom know about this mysterious woman? Yes. (laughs) And um, she asked me the name, and I said, her name is Kim. Mm-hmm. I don't remember her last name now. But anyway, I said, but please do not tell anybody, because I knew what my older brothers would do. Mm-hmm. They would be merciless and of course. abusive. Of course. So anyway, a couple of weeks go by, and my mom is having a – some type of a like a Tupperware party or mm-hmm. high tea with the ladies from church. Anyway, yeah. I come walking through the house, going to my bedroom, and she says, Hey, Gary, I was telling these ladies about your girlfriend. What's her name? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. The reaction was immediate. Mm-hmm. Of, of me turning red, mm-hmm. both with embarrassment and anger. Yeah, yeah. But that set me on a course of she is no longer a person that I can trust. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So trust is very important. But I, I, you know, at 10, you don't understand the difference between respect and honor. Yeah, no. At 18, I don't think you do. I'd be... I, I, I think you start to figure it out at 25, 26. Yeah. So I I carried that with her, and I never mm-hmm. told her another secret. Yeah. In all of – even after we, re, we tried to reshape our relationship and yeah. things. Um, I just refused to. Mm-hmm. Can I interject real quick? Yeah. Do, so mom did that to me once. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. I was in second grade. And I could not figure out fractions. Couldn't do it. And this was the first time I'd had problems with math. And I was crying to mom, like, I can't figure out the fractions. I can't. And mom helped me. And I was like, please don't tell Miss Nusi. I Like, eight-year-old me with tears, like, don't tell her. I can't be seen as, like, weak or stupid. And mom, mom's being mom, like, doing what I think a good mom would do. She told Miss Nusi so that... Miss Nusi could help me, but Mom felt so guilty for for breaking the trust that she told me, and that was like really really hard. Um, and now that I'm older, looking back, yeah, I probably it did make it harder to tell Mom stuff, which is you know relationships are fragile. But at the same time, I don't want to be like 
Freudian and make I'm not a victim yeah. of a, my parents' mistakes. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, yes. Um, that's why forgiveness is so important. Yeah, it is so important. Yeah. So I think the reason your mom felt bad was she knew my story. Did she really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I guess she would. Of course she would have. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and but unfortunately what that did at, from the age 10, it set me up to where it's hard for me to trust any woman, including mm-hmm. your mom, yeah. with what I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I can give information and facts to anybody and everybody, but uh, yeah. for someone to know what I'm feeling, yeah, is is very difficult. Yeah. So and, and you know, it took me going to therapy a therapist uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago to, to really yeah. figure that out, cause, and he's the one that, that said, "Ooh, yeah." Um, my dad, um, bless his heart, only child. A tri-state. I mean, so he was the best wrestler in Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Texas. Was he really? He was. Oh, I didn't. Th- I don't. When think he I was in that. high school, I knew he was a good wrestler. I didn't realize. Yeah, he was. He was, he was I mean, he, he he went to college on a wrestling scholarship. No idea. Didn't know yeah. that. So <clears throat> when I got into sports, mm-hmm. oh, it was hard. He grind you. Oh, yeah. But also, he was not above shame. Mm. Yeah. Again, a young man doesn't understand those things. Yeah. Not knowing that he grew up in a house mm-hmm. with step grandparents. Yeah. Not step dad and, and his mom, but step grandparents. Wow. On a forty acre farm in the panhandle of Texas and he walked to school four miles to uh Carl Cal Farley's Boys Ranch where he yeah. went to school. So the poor guy did not have the tools he needed to be a dad. Sure, because yeah, my yeah. from I never met my his my his grandfather. My, it would have mm-hmm. been my great grandfather. Yeah. Um, but I would imagine that he was pretty yeah. hard. Yeah. Uh, Man, I have so many thoughts based on the the story that you're telling. But keep going. So we had this different dynamic mm-hmm. going through puberty. My older brothers were just awful. I mean, they, they were, were out. Yeah, we've heard the stories. They're, yeah. they're pretty awful. They were awful. You know, they were both smoking. My oldest brother was drinking and doing drugs. And so they were just sort of zoned out. And mm-hmm. and I've always, you know, I do have, um, I would admit, I have a lot of, of uh, emotional uh, things within me. I can as we know, as we all know, <laughs> I can cry at a commercial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. So uh, anything that is emotional, I get teary-eyed, mm-hmm. and my dad picked up on that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had the John Wayne mentality as men don't cry. Mm. So, again, what I thought was honor was actually – respect and yeah. I didn't respect him mm-hmm. but I also did not honor him because I didn't know how. Yeah. And these are things that really start I believe between a uh parents but ma- mainly the father mm-hmm. 
when your child is before they even get into school, before their personality is really set by you know before the age of five, is that mm-hmm. you start talking about you know what what does an adult look like, and then you work backwards. You know, you yeah. use yeah, you use language that they can understand and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if the <coughs> if the parent does not engage the kids mm-hmm. and be proactive about what mm-hmm. is coming, yeah. It makes those teenage years that much harder. Yeah. And when the emotions are flying, when the hormones are so out of whack, I mean, you wake up, you guys, all kids wake up in a different world about every five minutes. <laughs> Your hormones are just raging. Yeah. You know, I can only imagine what my daughters in law were like at that age, or your mom was like at yeah. that age. You know, I've heard stories. And, yeah. Because um, you're like you're you're trying to be de- you have to be dependent, but also you're trying to differentiate, and you yes. feel things you've never felt before. Your body looks different. One, you don't know what's yeah. going on. I mean, you're, yeah, puberty's rough. Yeah, it is very. I mean, uh-huh. you, it's fun so, to laugh about now. It that is. We're past it. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's not healthy mm-hmm. for family life. And you guys will experience this when Noah gets there and the rest yeah. of your kids to make it hard on them. Yeah. Push them, mm-hmm. but not make it hard on them. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the – okay, I, I had so many thoughts about, like, uh, when you were just talking. And uh, one of the ones I had it, I thought of is – and this goes more to parenting. So if you're – like most, I don't think most of our listeners are parents, but um, – I don't think I could command or I don't think I could command Noah to honor me. I don't think I could even teach her how to honor me, but I think I could teach her how to honor her mother. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think like, and I do think Chels could teach her how to honor me. And that has a lot to do with our relationship Um, because kids are going to emulate what they see. Um, And so that, that's one of the things, one of the thoughts I've had is like, if you want your kids to honor, you got to show them how to honor your mother, show them how to honor your father. Um, but then going along with, I think what, and I've never thought about this before. Maybe one of the reasons God commanded um, children to honor their father and mother is because he knew relationships are fragile and it's going to be really, really hard. And you're going to have a lot of reasons not to respect to maybe even hate or dislike um, to be rude but honor will help keep you there until you're able to understand what's going on, be able to forgive. So, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I was, that's just one thought that I came like, maybe God knows how fragile relationships can be. Um, he also knows yeah. like, you know, you know, and, and I think one of the things we have to remember in this, you know, not only are our relationships fragile, but we are also all fallen. Yeah. Not, but not a popular, not a popular idea anymore. Actually speaking of that, you know how do you remember on my vision I said um, like what I believe about people, mm-hmm. um, and I was like I believe all people are inherently good but also sinful. Do you remember when I said that? Mm-hmm. I've 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 had a change of mind on that one. Good. Um. Uh. Yeah. Where, and it, this is gonna hurt to say, but I actually I don't think people are inherently good. Um, I actually think the power of sin is so real. It's not just you do wrong things. It's a real power that's captivated humanity. And um, you have a capacity to do good. You also have a capacity to do it. Yes. So I, I, I meant to tell you that the other night when we were hanging out. 
It's like, Dad, actually, I, uh, I was I was hoping that you would come to. Yeah, and when I well, part of it was like my study in my classes is there was a worldview shift where it was uh, I think it was in uh, the Romantic Age that is when people started to believe that humans were inherently good, Um, and that was when it and it was a very short period of time, but it like right. But then it I mean every worldview after that also thought that. Yes, we do Mm -hmm. have a moral compass Mm -hmm. which we ignore. Continually, all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. which I mean, it is amazing that that it's there. Uh, this is a little off subject, but that is a, that is how this the science of psychology came about. Mm-hmm. Because atheists, Freud and such, wanted to know why man had a moral compass. Mm. So they had to discover it. They had to. So they yeah. got this whole thing in psychology now that yeah. tried to explain something that. And the golden rule of science is you can't make moral, moral. Uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Differentiation. So they're stuck. That's why you need religion. That's why you need Jesus. That's why you need Jesus. Amen. We say it almost every episode. You need God. You do. You do. Mm-hmm. You do. Um, and so, all right. Back on topic. Uh, one of the things I had talked about last time. Actually, I named the episode this because mostly because I wanted people to listen to it, and I thought if I put "honor your father and mother," people wouldn't listen to it. So I named the episode "One Thing to Do for Your Character." And what we talked about, uh, and we mentioned this a little bit earlier, is um, honoring your father and your mother is the earliest way you can learn to develop your character, and it has probably one of the biggest impacts on on your character. Um, you know, that's, I think that's why it's right there in the middle of the Ten Commandments. Because, I mean, I know a lot of people who have done the first four really, really well, but they've never been able to do that fifth one, and then they can't love their neighbor as themselves, and so they actually they miss miss what it is. They so, miss the other five. Yeah, and then I told a lot of stories about, like, and about my character, and we talked about men's unique ability to leave a mess behind them. Um, so with... Honoring your father and mother, you guys did eventually. You reconciled. There was forgiveness. But did you see like a fallout in your character um, at all? Or and then maybe like if you did, how did it mean, play out? What do you mean by a fallout? So did you have, like um, did you find places where your character just wasn't strong? Oh yeah. Like did you have a hard time honoring mom when you got married? Did you have yeah. a hard time like yeah yeah? Mm-hmm. Based on everything, I mean. I brought a semi-trailer full of baggage into our marriage. Unresolved conflict. uh, Yeah. Just, I was a mess. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, even to this day, son, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I did a very good job of teaching you boys how to honor her. Mm. Um. Because I messed up respect and honor. Yeah. She had to earn your respect, mm-hmm. but I had to make sure you honored her mm-hmm. because of who she was. Yeah. You know, I remember Bill Cosby back before he was. Um, before things came to light. Before things came to light. When yeah. he, in the 60s, he was a very funny comedian. And he had this this one saying, you know, talking about his kid to his kids. He had six kids, he and his wife. Yeah. And he said, you know, you talk to your mom like that. It's not good. 
I know how to make another one of you, and I can take you out. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I – but that was my fault based on what I'd learned from my parents, which was basically nothing. Yeah. And there really wasn't anybody – you know, maybe if I would have paid more attention to Jack and Nani Young Mm -hmm. and watched more, I could have seen things. Mm. But – you know, as as an adult, I remember they were doing a parenting class, uh, no, a marriage class at church. Yeah. And we had been married, I guess, probably 10 years at this time. Mm-hmm. I already had you three. Mm-hmm. And Jack said, I learned from Nani that if I would treat her like a queen in public, mm-hmm. she would treat me like a king in private. Mm. Mm. Wow. And I had never heard anything like that before. Yeah. So I was already you know, 36, 35, 36 years old. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm, I'm going to remember that. It's really hard to make up. Yeah. Not impossible yeah. because of the Spirit of God, mm-hmm. but it is so hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and you know, one of the things that's very prevalent in our, in our culture right now it's and I don't know if anyone would say it directly this way, but they kind of live it. Like it is possible if everyone does everything perfect, it's possible to make sure there's no such thing as pain or hurt, and then we wouldn't even need to forgive each other. And um, which is just it's not true. You can't you can't walk around on eggshells for your whole life because then you're being dishonest, and then you you know, like we're all gonna make mistakes. Literally every single – this is why – and this is part of the reason I'm like, no, man man actually does suffer from a level of depravity um, because no matter how good you want to be, you end up doing something wrong. Um, and that's why forgiveness is so, so important. Yes. Um, how, how was it – how hard was it to forgive your parents for some stuff? You know – like the instance with my mom. Um, so I didn't talk to my mom from base. I think I talked to her maybe three times from the time I was 16 to 22. Dang. And when we find, I finally made a trip down to Mississippi where she and Ken were living. Mm-hmm. And I, I called her up. I got her, got her number from my younger brother. And I said, I got to talk to, I got to talk to you. I'm going to come down. Yeah. <clears throat> I talked about that event at 10 it was so clear to me mom didn't have a clue as to what I was talking about yeah I you know I don't know um, so we lost six years of of, you know uh, again I'm coming through those developmental years Mm -hmm. and um, I only saw her a couple of times while she was in Mississippi and I was in Texas and then I mm-hmm. moved back and then they moved back. But, you know, you, there was always that tension there, especially after she married Ken. Yeah. Because Ken was just a moron. <laughs> yeah. and Sorry. That was funny. I mean, not even my dog trusted Ken. Mm. So. What a guy. Yeah. Um, so that made it very difficult. I did not want to take your mom into that situation. You know? Yeah. I didn't mind them coming to our house. Mm-hmm. I didn't like going to their house. Yeah. Because he was a drinker, and I just didn't trust him. 
Yeah. Um, dad, my dad, I wrote actually wrote him a letter. Hmm. Um, we you were nine months old, mm-hmm. and uh, we were up in Montana for Father's Day because mm-hmm. your mom was teaching class. We went by this little town where we lived when we were up there, mm-hmm. and I mailed him a Father's Day card. Mm-hmm. apologizing to him for all of these things yeah. that I remember so vividly in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. He also had no clue. Wow. Wow. So you were the one suffering. I was the one suffering. And, and that's had... what unforgiveness does to us. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I didn't have the tools because they weren't developed within me. Yeah. So I don't want to be a victim. Mm-hmm. I don't want to claim it, but mm-hmm. I was sort of. We, I think, all five of us—my three brothers and my sister and I—were victims of two people that should never have gotten married and had kids. Yeah, but you never absolutized it. You never like you didn't stay no. a victim. Yeah, no. that's the, and that's different. Yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of pity for folks who. Or tolerance, I guess, for people who want to stay in a victim mentality. Yeah. Because I know through the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that you can get out of anything. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. And then with the Spirit's help, <laughs> do all the things that Jesus taught you people to do so that you don't stay in the trap of your own mind and your own yeah. unforgiveness. Well, and it was amazing. I mean, it was when I wrote my dad that letter. It was so freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, Confession. Yes. I'm reading Brothers Karamazov, and I just finished a section. Brilliant book. It's really hard to read, but it's a brilliant book about the human condition. And this guy carried this um, guilt around for years. So similar to Crime and Punishment, but this is just one subsection of it. And he finally confessed, and he said it was by confession is when I realized I could experience the kingdom of God. And he's like, I've never been freer. Wow. And it's this whole dialogue where he was hiding and trapped and always afraid of getting caught, and he couldn't even bring himself to forgive himself, much less allow other people to forgive. And, um, yeah, I mean, and Jesus taught, like, confess, forgive, um, and that that is like— well. He's the best teacher that ever lived. It is. And, yeah. you know, twice, two different sit- situations, but twice he said, if you come to offer your gift and know yeah. that you have something or you come mm. and get offer your gift and you know your neighbor has something against yep. you, both times he says go. Yeah. Yes. You know, even if it's he's the one that has wronged you, Yep. You have the responsibility. And, Go make it clear. And yeah. that is one of the things I think that we as dads need to be able to teach our kids early in life. Mm-hmm. And and live life very honestly in front of your kids. Yeah. Confession is so hard. Oh. You want to talk about being vulnerable? Yes. And you're going to probably, you, depending on what you did, might hurt somebody, but forgiveness is there. But you'd like, you'll be, you'll be free. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thought. Would you have anything to encourage our listeners in regard to honoring their father and mother, uh, reconciling forgiveness, if you could give one last word? You know that old uh, 
I guess I think it's an old Indian saying, you know, a Native American saying that you should not judge anybody till you walk a mile in their shoes. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we're probably talking to young people here. Yeah. Um, you don't know what has brought your parents to the position where they are right now. Yeah. And if you can, in all sincerity, offer them grace, mm-hmm. because quite honestly, parents do not have a clue as to what they're doing. <laughs> and they're doing the best they can. They're doing <laughs> the best they can with the tools that they have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if all they have is a hammer when they needed a pair of pliers or a wrench, yeah. things are going to are going to be broken there you know things relationships are going to be impaired in some way yeah but if you can offer your parents the same grace that you hope that they would have for you Mm. amen and you know and and if they have hurt you you we you have an obligation we have an obligation to go to those who have hurt us Mm -hmm. and say you know, not in a victim mentality, but just lay out the facts. This is what happens. This is how I felt afterwards. Mm-hmm. Can we reconcile? Yeah. Can we get past this? Yeah. And it's very possible they don't have a clue. Yeah. Possible. And then you've got a root of bitterness that's there to destroy. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why you like being a grandparent so much? You feel like you got a second shot? You know, so we're spoiled. I mean, quite honestly, we are spoiled with Noah mm-hmm. because she is just such a happy baby. You don't think she's ever going to do anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, hopefully. But that's how Dylan and Crystal's baby is going to be. It's going to be just like Dylan, innocent looking as can be. Yeah. Like whenever they have a child. Dylan was not innocent. Ah, but he would smile <laughs> like he was. Oh, he would. He would cover it up. But he, yeah, he. Uh, but, you know. It's. I think I touched at this when we were up in in uh, Estes Park over Christmas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I was I was holding Noah one day at the house, and we were walking around, mm-hmm. and I was talking to her about her spiritual heritage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I really enjoy being a grandparent is talking yeah. to her about the folks who have come before her, yeah. not for the great things they have done in society, but for who they were as people in yeah. in the church and in the yeah. Lord. And what she has inherited from, you know, uh, from our family and from yeah. Chelsea's family. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's 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 a hodgepodge. Yeah. But we all are trying to walk like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And Amen. that is that is part of the joy of being able to touch the next generation mm-hmm. and then the next generation after yeah. that. Yeah. I think uh, I think it was your, your grandfather, your mom's dad that said you never know how you did as a parent until you see your grandchildren. Really? Yeah. Mm. It's good wisdom. Yeah. It's good wisdom. I like that. Mm. Well, Pop, thanks for coming on, sharing your wisdom. We'll have you on again. My pleasure. I hope it helps somebody. Yeah. Amen. Until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.